Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Kristen Kingsbury, I'm the founder of Get Some Assets. My passion is helping you grow your wealth 
grow generational wealth through real estate. I run a real estate team. I've got some real estate brokerage, title company, all of the things real estate. That is my, uh, that's my world that I live in and that I've created. And though it is real estate and that is the vehicle, that is the product that I sell, what I do very much ties back to everything business in whatever product you're selling, whatever business you're a part of. So thank you for being here with me. Last week, we talked about taking action to create momentum. And I started thinking about, you know, taking action to create momentum is a great topic, but sometimes we know what to do, but we get paralyzed. We get paralyzed. And I see this all the time. The para, what, how do they say it? Paralysis through analysis, right? Um, and I see this all the time, whether it's in my salespeople, in myself, um, where we get on a topic and, and we just start overthinking it. And it keeps us, it halts us from actually taking any kind of action at all. It, it completely stops what the whole mission was to begin with. So lack of progress, failure to create momentum, it's often due to overthinking and it creates this inability to make a decision. So I, I really honed in on this because I have a tendency to do this all the time. And as you become aware of it, you become that it, you, you become aware that it is your, um, it is your kryptonite and then you have to find ways to overcome kryptonite, right? So we tend to be faced with decisions or have a task on our plate or an action that needs to be taken that we're not excited about. So instead of actually going and taking the action, we tend to overthink about it. We tend to think about past experiences, what happened before when this action was taken. Um, you know, we tend to think about, well, what could happen? You know, what, what, what could happen? And we start stressing about the future and we get stuck in this really unproductive spiral where instead of us moving the ball forward, we're thinking about the what ifs and, or, you know, <laughs> This is a really silly, very simple example, but this is really real in how badly this can show up in people's lives. Um, my mother, when she moved to town, she had heard, I don't even think this ever even happened in her life, but she had once heard that left-hand turns on the highway are where the most accidents happen. So she stewed on that thought and she moved to this new town and she literally was, she would paralyze herself with fear when it came to having to go somewhere where she had to turn left. Well, you pretty much have to turn left in a lot of places. And I know this sounds crazy ridiculous, but we can stew and think about and overanalyze and create crazy fear in ourselves by simply replaying that loop in our head. And so for about a year and a half, she literally would go right hand turns and take the longer way so that she could get all the way around the block instead of having to take a left. And so, I mean, it can be the simplest thing. It doesn't have to be a big decision that has to be made in order for it to keep us paralyzed. Um, I think about back in the day, we, so, so I'm a, Glenn Lundy and I used to run around together when we were little kids. And I think about a time, and I'm not sure, I can't remember him being in this situation at any time, but we used to have a place down in Sedona that we would go and we would jump off cliffs into the water. And um, this place, everybody did it. The water was deep enough. I never saw anybody get hurt. The probability of getting hurt was there for sure. But 
I mean, nothing, nothing had ever happened to anybody in any of my experience. I knew the water was deep enough. I knew, you know, that it had been done a thousand times before me. And yet I would go walk out to the edge of that cliff and I would stand on the edge of that cliff and I would think about what if I hit the water sideways? What if I, you know, what if I can't swim up fast enough to get my breath? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And I would sit there and as I would stand there, the longer that I would stand there, without action, the more fearful I would get. And then eventually I would turn around and I would just walk back and I'd say, never mind, I'll just let them do it. I'm not going to do it. And it wasn't until I realized that by quickly analyzing, has this been done before me? Did anybody die? Am I going to likely be okay in the event? What's the worst case scenario? And then I just went and took action fast. Don't stand on the edge of the cliff overthinking it. And so it was just an interesting thought that I often, when I get paralyzed, go back to and say to myself, how am I overthinking this? How am I keeping myself from taking action? Um, overthinking typically starts with an attempt to solve a problem, but it continues if that's a problem that maybe we can't solve at the moment, maybe we don't have the resources. It continues when it's a problem that maybe we can't solve at all, but we just can't let it go. We just keep overthinking it and we keep going in that loop mode. If we, it, it causes us to not be able to make a decision. It causes us to sit around and think of the fear of making the wrong decision. And when you look at data behind these studies, typically you don't make the wrong decision. Typically the thing that you're afraid of never happens. And yet we spend days, months, years, sometimes lifetimes in that loop mode of fear and indecision. Sometimes we literally allow it to paralyze us. So I'm going to give you a couple of steps and some things that you can think through when you're on the mission to take action, but you've created this fear and this paralysis by overthinking. Number one, think of your thoughts as a river. So I, I was reading because I study on all of these things to always create a better me. And I was reading and somebody gave the analogy of think of it as a river, like your thoughts, they flow. Sometimes they're smooth. Sometimes they're calm, but you can hit some rapids and it can feel very uncomfortable. And sometimes the water can get really rough and turbulent and violent. Same thing with your thoughts. And so if you think of your thoughts as like, you're on this canoe, you're on the river, you're hitting these rapids, you might come back to a peaceful moment soon, or you will. It never stays just rapids. But sometimes we get so fearful of those rapids, um, we just get stuck in our thoughts on the river and we just keep going in circles and circles, going around in those thoughts. As you're on the river, your thoughts create depression. You start feeling like you're stuck. You start feeling anxiety, like you have to solve this problem that you can't solve. Like we're, we're humans who like to be in control and nothing is more scary or more anxiety. Uh, you know, nothing causes more anxiety than when you have no control over a situation. So oftentimes it'll cause depression, anxiety. It will even cause physical issues. It will cause ulcers. It will cause upset stomach. It will cause you, you know, you will lose sleep over it. And all of these things due to these issues that we just let cycle in our minds. Um, and the weird part is, is a lot of it is created by society and culture. Um, I'm reading a book that I just started and it is called um, Chatter. 
And it's about the way we talk to ourselves. And it's about where those thoughts come from and how we can redirect those thoughts. It's really an interesting book. And it talks about how social media and things like that um, can reinforce that life is supposed to look beautiful and it's supposed to be perfect and there's not supposed to be challenges. And so we can start analyzing our life and kind of going in this loop mode about, you know, and, and creating this depression around why our life doesn't look like those highlight reels that we're seeing. So number one, think of your, think of your thoughts as a river. Think of it as temporary rapids. Um, think of it as some people can go through those rapids quickly and some people, they just get stuck in them. Have you ever seen that point in the river where the boat just keeps circling and circling and they can't get out of that one little water circle that's just like pulling them back in, but yet other people have the skill to paddle through that rapid and get through to the calm next phase of the river. So as others get stuck in loop, loop mode, they start doubting themselves. Maybe it's, maybe it's you that gets stuck in loop mode, doubting yourself, assuming the worst, when like we just talked about, most of the time, the worst never even happens. You don't even have proof of it. I tell my mom all the time, I'm like, mom, that left-hand turn, you have never, never in 67 years had an accident turning left. Stop believing it. Stop staying in that loop mode. But we replay it in the scenes in our mind and we picture it, we visualize it. What happens is it stops us from ever moving forward, from ever taking that left-hand turn, from ever making that decision. Sometimes it can be that simple decision like that left-hand turn. And sometimes it's we're so afraid that we'll be wrong that we never, we just, we say, forget it. I don't know the right answer, so I'm just not going to make a decision. Um, we just never move forward. So simple things like I'm going to relate this to sales really quick because I'm tying this to life, but it really relates to sales. I have agents that'll call me and they'll say, Hey, I made this video. Can you look and see if I said the right thing? Can you look and see if it's edited exactly right? Do the pictures look okay? And I say, stop overthinking it. What was the message you wanted to put out? You know, go. You'll get better with time. It'll never be perfect the first, it'll never be perfect, let alone when you first get started. So just go, just go and then track and measure the results. But I see them, they call me about, about making their phone calls. Like, what if they don't want to talk to me? What if I get hung up on? What if I get told to F off? So what if you do? Are you going to die? And I know that sounds silly. Uh, we made, we had a, a, a thousand dial day the other day, actually our, our, our business partners made a hundred thousand dials the other day and my team, um, I've never been a big push them on the phones, get them to follow up with people, but because of the change in the market, they need to talk to more people to make, to make the same amount of money. And so it's really, um, we have to do things that we haven't been doing and we have to push harder and, and add more action in order to get the same results. And so we were on these calls and they were like, well, you know, I, I don't like this call. So what if they don't like this call? And they had already started playing a story out in their head. What if I get hung up on? What if I get told to F off? And guess what? All of that happened. And guess what? Nobody died. It was fine. It was fine. And guess what? Because we did it again and again and again and again and again and again and again, it became less scary for them. But they, they make this story up in their head and they can't make decisions about making the calls. 
I had a call the other day about an agent going on an appointment. She read into all these text messages and created this story in her head about what this person on the other end of the line must be like. And she was going to cancel the deal and she was going to give it to somebody else. And, and I said, if you're uncomfortable, what's a solution? If you're uncomfortable meeting with this person, what's it, what's, what's an option that can help? Why don't you take somebody with you? And so she did, she took her husband with her and guess what? She showed up and the guy was harmless and he was silly and funny and she got a listing out of the deal and she got a buyer referral out of the deal. But in the five minutes that she was over analyzing the text message, what happened was she almost gave away, you know, $30,000 can be sometimes $30,000 is life changing to people. So be careful what you're over analyzing and think of other options. It can also happen with important decisions, like taking the job. Have you ever stepped over and not taken a job just because you simply couldn't make the decision about it? Making the move, maybe making the move across the country to take the job, maybe making the move to walk away from a relationship, but you sit there in loop mode and you just go in circles and go in circles and go in circles. And all the important forward movement is on a halt because you are not making a decision. So there's this quote that I love because I was so guilty of this for so many years. The quote is indecision is a decision. So as you sit there thinking that you're safe because you're not making a decision, you actually are making a decision. Indecision is a decision. And while I'm throwing quotes at you, I got one more that is really fun that I like to, I write quotes places so that I can read them often. But whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. And I can't tell you how often this indecision comes <clears throat> because we don't believe in ourselves. Because we think like, what if we can't do it? I can't, I've, I've taken years sometimes to make a big decision because I'm afraid that I will fail. How silly, how much further ahead could I be if I would have just decided to bet on myself? I bet on everybody else, what if I bet on myself? So what do we do? And how do we stop the pattern of overthinking? Number two is get off the river, swim to the shore. I loved it when I was reading that. I thought, get off the river and swim to the shore. It's the old idea of you can't see the forest through the trees. When you're in it, you can't see it. So there's this book called The Untethered Soul. And I will tell you, it is one of the, it was a challenge for me to read. It was very odd. And it was basically about life isn't happening. It's not happening to you. It's happening for you. You are simply a vessel observing life happening around you and you get to- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Choose how you participate. It's really, it was such an interesting perspective. When you get off the river and swim to the shore, it doesn't stop the thoughts, but it allows you to look, look at them from the outside. It allows you to look at yourself from the outside and it takes some of the emotion out of it. So the idea in the untethered soul about 
thinking of yourself as just a body being there and being present and life is occurring around you. It's not occurring because of you. It's not occurring. It is occurring around you. And if you sit there and you just observe what's happening around you and you decide which things you want to participate in and which things you don't, and you identify your priorities, it's really, it takes away the emotion of the decisions. Um, and it takes away the emotional roller coaster that you can feel like you're on. So that is a really strange book, but I tell you what, it's really a great book and I recommend it. Um, I challenge you to start observing your thoughts and your decisions from the outside. How would you coach you? If you were standing on the outside and there was a big decision on the table and you saw all the things from outside of the forest, from the bank of the river, what would you tell yourself? Because sometimes we're not thinking of these decisions and these loop mode anxiety things that we circle back to. Sometimes we're not thinking about step out, look at the whole picture. What if that was your child? How would you advise them? It really takes a lot of the emotions out of it. It allows you to be less biased and more focused on facts, which honestly always helps to make a better decision. Number three, the thing you have to notice is that you are in that negative loop mode, that you are in that analysis paralysis. You're stuck. You're not moving forward. You're not getting to the calls. You're not moving the business forward. You're not moving the family forward. You're not moving the finances forward. Whatever it is, you have to recognize that you're stuck in that loop. You are here. I'm going to just throw awesome thoughts at you that I ripped off and duplicated from other people because here's another quote that I love. You are not responsible for your first thought, but you are responsible for your second and your first action. The first thought that you have, it's just a reaction. It's just a reaction to what's occurring. The second thought and the future thoughts beyond that, you're in complete control over, and that's your choice. Your thoughts will create your actions. You know that. So what if you changed your second thought? Because your first thought is a reaction. Your second thought is your choice. Step out of the toxic thinking and redirect your thoughts. Start asking yourself, what initiated the thought that you're having? Because the initiated thought is the one that was just reactive. After that, you started making choices about how to think about a scenario. What's the story that you're telling yourself about the scenario? So <laughs> here's a really silly example, but I feel like if I give you silly examples that happen in everyday life, you can relate it back to your own. So um, I, have a, I have a friend and business partner that um, for years, and actually I watch everybody around this person do this, for years we would send messages to this person trying to get information, trying to move the ball forward and we'd get no responses. So the story we all start telling ourselves is that it's not important to that person, um, that that it's, you know, oh, well, they must not care. Oh, well, they're not interested. You know, when we follow up with a lead and we don't get a response, a lot of times we say, oh, well, they don't want what I'm selling or they must not be interested or I must be bothering them. We start creating a story around the action that we've taken and, and the fact that we can't control the result that we get, we can control the action that we take. So what's the story you start telling yourself about that scenario? And are you speaking down to yourself or are you encouraging yourself? Because oftentimes we say, oh, you idiot, you said something stupid. Oh, you shouldn't have said it that way. Oh, you should have deleted that. And instead of talking 
positive to ourselves, we start talking negative to ourselves. And we start, we believe what we hear, even if it's silent in our own head. So be careful the way you speak to yourself because it will directly paralyze your decisions and it will keep you from moving forward. I think to myself, would I talk to my children that way? If they were stuck in fear, would I tell them, oh, that was stupid, you shouldn't have done that? Of course I would not. So why would I ever think that doing that to myself would help me move the ball forward? Stop it, it's madness. Number four, once you realize that you're in loop mode, you have to create a trigger you have to create a trigger for a new habit. So you have to say, it's the old if then on the computer, right? If this, then that. So create a trigger for a new habit, one that reminds you to stop and redirect your thoughts. So when you see yourself going into that negative thought or going into that loop mode, what's the thing that you're gonna do in order to remind yourself that first thought was reactive, the second thought and your action is your own. What's the thing that, so I use positive stories and this is really goofy, but I'm a total optimist. And I, so my strategy is this, when I know I talk down to myself and that I am my own worst enemy as far as production and I can get myself in these negative thought patterns, when I identify that about myself, I keep, um, I keep a running log of, of testimonials and times that I've won. And I copy and paste when somebody says like, great job, that was amazing, I love that, um, that helped me, that changed my life. I keep a, a, literally a Google Keep file that has these things in it. And when I have this negative thought, negative thought, and then actually it turns out to not be true, I keep record of that. And so what I do to, when I start to recognize that negative thought, the trigger that I, that I have is go back to, a time when you were wrong and it was actually the opposite. And so for instance, I keep that log of positive stories and documents of wins to remind myself that when I was negative before, I was wrong. I was winning. I did good. I actually made it past that point. I actually, you know, scored. I did I did the thing. And so every time I start being down on myself, I take myself back to all that running log of all the times I won. And it sounds silly, but it's a really effective tool for somebody who's an optimist and needs that positive pouring into because you're not always going to have the outside source to pour into you and encourage you and tell you otherwise. The higher you climb the ladder, the less that people are looking to tell you good job because they think you're hearing it all the time. And so you have to validate yourself. So create that trigger and redirect yourself as many times as you need, gently. Like I was saying, just like a kid, teach yourself a good, like when you're trying to teach your kid a good, healthy habit, you're not negative to them. You don't tell them, shame on you for failing. That was, you know, you encourage them, you lift them up, you remind them of the times that they win, that you remind them of, you know, the last time that they did amazing. Do that to yourself. It's not productive for you to beat yourself up. Number five, create a new narrative. What's more realistically true? So back to that story about uh, the, the person that we're always trying to get this attention from and like trying to um, get a reaction from or getting, getting a response to a message and they never respond. And so we create this story in our head that they don't care. What's maybe more true? Maybe more true 
And what's a positive truth that you've seen in the past, probably the more truth is that they're busy, that they haven't had time yet, that they have a million messages on their phone and they haven't had a chance to respond to yours yet. Um, when we're talking about lead follow-up, I hear the agents tell me all the time, well, they just, they, you know, they give up because they didn't get a response. Nobody answered the phone. They didn't respond to an email or a text. And so they believe that that person doesn't want to talk to them. And these MIT studies that we talk about all the time, you guys, they teach us that it's not until almost follow-up number 12 that you get the hand raise and you get the appointment. So if you're defeated at follow-up number three, and you're already telling yourself the story that that person doesn't want to talk to me, you've, you're losing the battle. Reframe your thought. Tell yourself a new story. Maybe buying today isn't the highest priority for them. Maybe they have something else on their plate and it has nothing to do with you. But you know what? They will get to it. They raise their hand to begin with. I think about when I buy cars, ask Glenn, I'm the biggest pain in the butt car buyer you've ever met. I don't try to be, but I just know what I want and I know what I want to spend and it's either there or it's not. <laughs> and uh, and so I I remember filling out the online you know, registration, going as a lead out to multiple dealerships. Many of them were all over me day one. Day two, lots of them had fall, fallen off already. Day three, uh, I was hardly hearing from anybody else. And so like there was one girl a month into it. And to be honest, I wanted to buy a vehicle. I just had a million other things on my plate and I couldn't get to it at that moment. And so this gal continued to follow up with me. And one day I called her and I said, here, here's an example of the vehicle that I want. I actually don't want anything else. I've done all the research on this. This is the vehicle I want. This is a range of what I'd be willing to pay for it. If you can get it there today, I will drive down. I have kids, have the paperwork ready. I'll be there in an hour and a half because I don't live in Phoenix. And as soon as I get there, I'll sign paperwork and we'll be done. And she was like, all right, I'll have it here in an hour and a half. She bought it off another lot, got it to her dealership. I drove down. She gave my kids balloons. She sold me the car. I left with the car. And it was, you know, I was, I just had to do the homework up front and nobody was willing to do the follow-up. Um, so tell yourself the truth. Maybe buying today is not their highest priority. Maybe they'll get to it instead of I'm not good enough. They're not, you know, I didn't say the right things. They don't like me. <clears throat> Start telling yourself what you don't know you can learn. You are a person who can grow and you can become great at that job. So they, they talked about the difference between men and women in this scenario is that men were trained by society to go and get it. Women were trained to sit down, be quiet, be ladylike. And so women have more of this negative self-talk than men do. Whereas, you know, men will get up and they'll tell themselves, I'll figure it out. Whereas women will say, I don't know how to do it. So change your thoughts, reframe your thoughts. You are a person who can grow and become great at that job. Reflect on the thoughts that you're having and where they're coming from. Are they coming from past experience, a story that you heard? Are they just coming from a societal norm that you've bought into? Reframe the story. When you change your routine, you re I'm sorry, when you change your narrative, you reduce the impulse to overthink and, and paralyze yourself. Number six, create routines and habit stack. Layer your habits and create routines to build new habits. So the example I think of this, and there's a great book around this called Atomic Habits, um, follow morning gratitudes. 
um, you know, if you're, if you're going to make a morning routine, follow your morning gratitudes, make your 10 calls, do your new lead follow-up before you even check your email. Like it's all about habit stacking. As soon as my gratitudes are over, my next thing that I do is I go and I reach out to 10 new people. As soon as I'm done with that, I go follow up with 10 people that I've already talked to. So create the habit. I always would create the habit because I love coffee and coffee is my reward. I would I create the habit of I have to do these things before I get the reward of my coffee. So whatever it is that works for you, create the habit and tie it to something that you are going to do no matter what. Make it a routine and then it becomes something that you can do without even thinking about it. You just will do it every day. Number seven, focus on what you can control. What you can control. When you turn on the news, the news is full of things that you can't control. So guess what it does? It causes anxiety, it causes depression, it causes loop mode, and you can't control 99% of the things that you see on the news. So focus on what you personally can go out and take action on right now. The past, you can't change it, stop focusing on it. The future is often unpredictable. Like if you, if you are making 20 year future plans, you don't know what's gonna happen to you between now and 20 years that might change that plan. So think about the things that you can control. What you do have control over right now is things like, can I make the contact with that person? Can I take that action? Can I make a decision to move us forward because I've been thinking about it too long? What is the next best step? Can I take it right now? What you can't do is you can't control the past. You can't control the person. You can't control their response. And you can't control things on levels that you have no authority of. But you can focus on the things that you have control of. And that will keep you from the analysis paralysis and help you with action. Number eight, be present. It's what you can control. So stand in where you are today, what's on your plate today, and do the next best thing. It doesn't have to be the long-term best thing. It's the next best thing. Number nine, oh, I always get to the end and I don't have enough time. Define your priorities. Define your priorities. Make your decisions with your priorities in mind. Not all action or decision has equal weight. And the other thing is, when you define your priority, do it first. Do it first. It might be uncomfortable, but if it matters the most, do it first. Get it off your plate. Then the whole rest of your day, if it all goes haywire with all the phone calls and the got a minutes and the I needs, you've already got the most important thing done. Do it first. Keep it small. Don't sabotage your, your action by overwhelming yourself with too much. Do the next best thing. You don't have to think long-term. I think of that ladder that I shared with you guys the other day, the example of the ladder where you saw it on social media. The one guy, there's a ladder with all these little bitty rungs and he's all the way at the top because he can reach them. And then there's a guy right next to him and his ladder has really far spaced out rungs that he can't even reach the first rung. And he's down at the bottom because he set the goal so far away that he couldn't even take the action. And so that was a really good visual to me that like, keep it small, keep it simple, do the next thing, 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 and you will get there faster than the guy who's trying to get to that big thing. Oh, so break it down into steps and focus on what you can do today. And number 10, take breaks, take care of yourself, drink your water, go outside, be in the sunshine, laugh, do the walks, call somebody who makes you laugh, 
find peace and quiet. I know it sounds silly, but life is so busy. Sometimes just taking a break, going for a drive by ourselves, having some peace and quiet. The truth is you can't be the best version of you if you don't have the energy to do so, or if you don't have the mind space to be able to process because you're so caught up in those negative circling thoughts. So I am Kristen Kingsbury. I hope you've enjoyed today. I hope you've taken some nuggets out of it. If you have, you can go get more from me. Um, it, in The link in my bio is getsomeassets.com because I'm all about helping you build passive income through assets. Um, if you wanna go on over there, click on that, come on over to my site and we can stay in connection and you'll know when I'm teaching things and um, you know we can communicate and stay in touch. But I hope you've enjoyed this day and miss... Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.